0: Dear Father in heaven, thank you Lord for giving us the privilege of life. We want to dedicate our lives to you and ensure that our life is a glory and praise to your name. Lord, please make us instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. Weak and frail as we are, we have no other person whom we can put our trust in and our hope in, except you, dear Lord. Time after time we depart from you, but not we have no other place to go to nevertheless. So, Lord, we pray now that as we fellowship with you, that you shall comfort us with your word and you shall speak to us words of courage, words of hope, and words of blessings, that we all may be edified and lifted up and strengthened. I bring myself before you, dear Lord, and I plead, Lord, for the sake of your children, for the sake of blessing them. Please consecrate me to your service and grant me of your spirit. Put your words in my mouth, Lord. May I speak words that will encourage and bless and will teach us the way of the Lord in Jesus' name? I've prayed. Amen. <music> Conflict and Courage July 17. Jezebel's blighting influence, but there was none like Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. First Kings chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-five. Ahab was weak in moral power. His union by marriage with an idolatrous woman of decided character and positive temperament resulted disastrously both to himself and to the nation. Unprincipled and with no high standard of right doing, his character was easily molded by the determined spirit of Jezebel. Under the blighting influence of Ahab's rule, Israel wandered far from the living God. And corrupted their ways before him. The dark shadow of apostasy covered the whole land. Images of Balim and Ashtoreth were everywhere to be seen. Idolatrous temples and consecrated groves wherein were worshipped the works of men's hands were multiplied. The air was polluted with the smoke of the sacrifices offered to false gods. Heal and veil resounded with the drunken cries of a hidden priesthood whose sacrificed to the sun, moon, and stars. Through the influence of Jezebel and her impious priests, the people were taught that the idol gods that had been set up were deities ruling by their mystic power the elements of earth, fire, and water all the bounties of heaven, the running brooks, the streams of living water, the gentle dew, the showers of rain, which refreshed the earth and caused the fields to bring forth abundantly, were ascribed to the favor of Baal and Ashtoreth, instead of to the giver of every good and perfect gift. The people forgot that the hills and valleys, the streams and fountains were in the hand of the living God, that he controls the sun, the clouds of heaven, and all the powers of nature. In their blind folly, they chose to reject God and his worship. How few realize the power of an unconsecrated woman? God would have been with Ahab if he had walked in the council of heaven. But Ahab did not do this. He married a woman, given to idolatry. Jezebel had more power over the king than God had. She led him into idolatry, and with him, the people. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is... Jezebel's blighting influence. We continue now in studying about the northern kingdom, that is Israel. Under the rulership of Jeroboam, they departed from God in a very bad way that the Lord was greatly offended with Jeroboam and ensured that every single person in Jeroboam's family was destroyed. The person who was used to do that was a man called Basha. Bashar was the next king. After he destroyed all of Jeroboam's family, he himself went to the, into the same sin that Jeroboam was into. Of course, after Jeroboam, he handed over to his son Nadab, and basha destroyed Nadab and the rest of Jeroboam's family, but he himself went into the same sin that they were committing. And we see the lesson that we have no right to condemn someone when we are in the same sin as themselves. basha continued in the same sin as Jeroboam and Nadab. And the Lord destroyed him and his family also. Three kings of Israel gone. And what was the reason? One man's sin, Jeroboam. And what was Jeroboam's sin? He set up priests that were false priests, not after the order of the Lord. The Levites and the house of Aaron were supposed to be the ones serving in Jerusalem, not in any other place. But Jeroboam put two golden calves, one in Dan strategically placed there and another one in Bethel and he caused all Israel to sin because of this the kings after him they did the same thing Nadab, Basha, Zimri and Omri and the thing was getting worse and worse with every king that was coming after Jeroboam, Nadab followed suit after it was Nadab, then came Basha after Basha, some other kings came like Zimri Zimri did the same thing and then there was a man called Omri The Bible records that Omri took it to another level, higher than that which Jeroboam was doing. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord destroyed him. But after Omri came one who his name is proverbial for foolishness, weakness, vacillation and immorality. And he is known as Ahab. Ahab, the son of Omri. But if there is one more person who is even worse than himself who even is more popular than him till today her name is being mentioned she is so popular in the bible than so many holy men and that is none other than his wife jezebel reading first kings chapter 16 from verse 29 it says and in the 30 and eighth year of asher king of judah began ahab the son of omri to reign over israel And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel the daughter of Ethbaal king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Wow! Now, to show us how bad Ahab's reign was, you see, there are things that should not happen under your watch. When you are a ruler, The kind of things that happen under your watch shows what kind of leadership you have. Let us go back to King Asher. Under his watch, what happened? He removed the sodomites. He removed the groves, the shrines, the altars and under his watch, all Israel committed themselves under oath to serve God. Under his watch, his mother, Maka wanted to begin this same evil of worshipping other gods. And she dared to erect an altar and a grove. And under his watch, what did Asher do? He said, not under my watch. This will not happen. He removed her from being queen and destroyed the groves and the altars that she erected. There's something that happened under Ahab's watch that was just a signal that this man was one of the worst of kings. Reading 1 Kings 16 verse 34, it says, In his days, that's in Ahab's days, did hail the Bethelite built Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son Segob, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Joshua the son of Nun. Do you remember Jericho? Jericho was that nation that was proverbial for iniquity, the capital of the Canaanite land, capital for immorality and vice. And when it was destroyed, There was a curse placed that no one would rebuild it, that whoever attempts to do it will begin it in his firstborn and will end in his lastborn. Let me read it. Joshua 6, verse 25 and 26 says, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelt in Israel even unto this day. Now, verse 26 says, And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. This was a curse that was placed. Now why is it that the Bible is telling us that it was in the days of Ahab that this thing was done? It is to tell us the lesson that the things that happen under a leader's watch shows the tenor or is an index of the kind of leadership that that person has. The kind of leadership that Ahab had is the type that allowed this man called Hiel, the Betelites, to build Jericho. But as the curse was placed, it did happen. He started to build in his firstborn, just laying a foundation. He didn't put one block. He only laid foundation in his first son. And then, in his youngest son, that was when he was able to even put any gate on that city. But then, of course, he was cursed. Why is it that the time of Ahab is known as a time that was, like we call it now, a blighting influence? It is because of none other than the influence of his wife. I will keep repeating that statement. The throne of a king is established when he takes away the wicked from himself. Rehoboam surrounded himself with a wicked wife and a wicked mother. Same with Abijam and they did not prosper. The wife of Jeroboam was not any good influence on himself too, and he too surrounded himself with wicked people, made priest of the basest soth, and what happened to the kingdom? It was not established. Asher, on the other hand, separated himself from wicked people, and his throne was established. He cut off from himself those who were wicked, including his mother and his throne was established in righteousness, and the Lord gave him peace. Now here it is that Ahab surrounds himself with a wicked woman who influenced him to do evil, and his throne was not established in righteousness. Speaking of this woman, Jezebel, to show her popularity for evil, the Bible even mentions her in the book of Revelation chapter 2. Reading from verse 18, it says, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman, Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach, and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Except they repent of their deeds, and I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am He which searcheth the reins of the hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Amen. The lord is speaking to us about the blighting influence of jezebel to bring in fornication into the house of god to bring in false teachings and also to give people things sacrificed to idols for them to eat jezebel in her day existed to do these things and even more than that she even killed the prophets of the lord reading first kings chapter 18 from verse 4 it says for it was so when jezebel cut off the prophets of the lord that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. So here was a wicked woman called Jezebel. But what does she represent for us today? We just read it now in Revelation 2, verse 18. What the Lord Himself said about Jezebel. Jezebel represents those who bring in false teachings. Revelation 2 2, verse 26. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. This is what Jezebel represents for us today. It's not about a woman alone. We will talk about how Jezebel is a woman, but today it is a broad spectrum and it represents anyone who is teaching people to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols what are the things sacrificed to idols today it includes the kind of practices like we'll always say that is done in the hidden worship services some things like yoga transcendental meditation all these things are creeping into the church of God. And any pastor who is bringing in such things into the house of the Lord and teaching members of the church to do that is having the influence of Jezebel in the church of God. And those who are cutting off God's prophets and those who, 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 who will destroy them with their mouth, gossip about them, speak evil of them, they are doing the same work that Jezebel did. Today we have them in their numbers in the house of God, false prophets. Not only are they teaching evil, but they are seducing God's people to commit fornication and permitting them to eat things sacrificed to idols. You see some people who are calling themselves pastors, eating and drinking with the drunken. What does it mean to eat things sacrificed to idols it's not it's not necessarily referring to food alone because it does refer to that but more than that it talks about the eating of the bread what bread are you eating what are you feeding your mind with what are you feeding your ears and your eyes with are they things that are sacrificed to idols everything that is not bringing a holy and a influence spiritually upon you is qualified to be something that is sacrificed to idols you are feeding on things sacrificed to idols the entertainment and all that they are things sacrificed to idols and you are eating them verily as um, jezebel was and feeding others with it when we share the things that we know are of a blighting influence in the minds and the lives of people and the lord is warning us not to have this influence of jezebel Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 204, paragraph 6, we are told how few realize the power of an unconsecrated woman. God would have been with Ahab if he had walked in the council of heaven, but Ahab did not do this. He married a woman given to idolatry. Jezebel had more power over the king than God had. She led him into idolatry and with him the people, end of quote. Reading from Messages to Young People, page 455, paragraph 3, it says, Satan is busily engaged in influencing those who are wholly unsuited to each other to unite their interests. He exults in this work, for by it he can produce more misery and hopeless woe to the human family than by exercising his skill in any other direction end of quote this is a very strong statement that means the matter of marriage is so important to satan brothers and sisters be careful who you are staring upon who you are dwelling upon in your mind as someone who you want to marry do not settle for less Do not say because desirable is not available then what is available becomes desirable we must go for the best standard we are not saying that the person you marry as a woman or a man must be the perfect but in this case as a woman must have the perfection without any defect in body or in character no but you must check the inclinations you must check the practices that it must be in harmony with the principles of god's word satan is busily engaged as we read in doing what Influencing, are you? Do you see that influence is just what we are studying here? What is influencing you? What is influencing you to choose a wife or a husband? Is it Satan? Satan influences us if we don't know, if we are not under the control of God, he can influence us to marry a Jezebel and that Jezebel will turn us from worshipping and following the Lord. Instead of increasing our usefulness for God, instead of increasing our love for God and making heaven more sure for us, Jezebels will come and will cut us away from the mission that the Lord has given to us and will make us to be like a piece of bread like was done to Solomon and the adulterers like Solomon said will hunt for the precious life Ahab was destroyed by the woman he chose to marry you see every king is a minister of the Lord and they represent what God's minister should be today we all are told that we are a holy priesthood that's what we are told that we are we are supposed to be representing the ministers of the Lord it's not just those who call call themselves pastors as long as you have followed the Lord as long as you are a Christian not just a minister, a Christian. You are already a minister for the Lord and you ought to have a high standard in what you choose for yourself. Ahab was a minister, but he brought in the influence of a woman who was worshipping other gods, Baal, and it affected all Israel. Like we read in the devotion, it says that through the influence of Jezebel and her impious priests, the people were taught that the idol gods that had been set up were deities ruling by their mystic power the elements of earth fire and water all the bounties of heaven the running brooks the streams of living water the gentle dew the showers of rain which refresh the earth and caused the fields to bring forth abundantly were ascribed to the favor of baal and ashtoreth instead of to the giver of every good and perfect gift the people forgot that The hills and valleys, the streams and fountains were in the hand of the living God. This is what uh, Jezebel did in Israel. We must understand, women, wives, you must understand that your work is to increase the influence of your husband for good and not for evil like Jezebel did. Talking about the influence of women, reading from Welfare Ministry, page 152 it says woman if she wisely improves her time and her faculties relying upon god for wisdom and strength may stand on an equality with her husband as advisor counselor companion and co-worker and yet lose none of her womanly grace or modesty she may elevate her own character and just as she does this, she is elevating and ennobling the characters of her family and exerting a powerful though unconscious influence upon others around her. Why should they not answer the purpose of God in their existence? Why may they not understand their own powers and realizing that these powers are given of God Strive to make use of them to the fullest extent in doing good to others, in advancing the work of reform, of truth, and real goodness in the world. Satan knows that women have a power of influence for good or for evil. Therefore, he seeks to enlist them in his cause. Sisters and mothers, we have a higher aim, a more noble work than to study the latest fashion and form garments with needless adorning to meet the standard of this modern Moloch. We may become its slave and sacrifice upon its altars, our own and the present and future happiness of our children. But what do we gain in the end? we have sown to the flesh we shall reap corruption our works cannot bear the inspection of god we shall see at last how many souls might have been blessed and redeemed from darkness and error by our influence which instead encouraged them in pride and outward display to the neglect of the inward adorning end of quote you see here that women have an influence And Satan knows this. That's what we read. Have you not been seeing it in every king? They had an influence on Solomon. They had an influence on Rehoboam, on Jeroboam, on all the kings. Women had an influence. But this influence can either be for good or for evil. Continuing in Welfare Ministry page 153, it says, Great is the work and mission of women, especially those who are wives and mothers. They can be a blessing to all around them they can have a powerful influence for good if they will let their light to so shine that others may be led to glorify our heavenly father women may have a transforming influence if they will only consent to yield their way and their will to god and let him control their mind affect their mind affections and being they can have an influence which will tend to refine and elevate and elevate those with whom they associate but this class are greatly unconscious of the power they possess they exert an unconscious influence which seems to work out naturally from a sanctified life a renewed heart it is the fruit that grows naturally upon the good tree of divine planting self is forgotten merged in the life of christ to be rich in good works is as natural as their breath they live to do others good and yet are ready to say we are unprofitable servants end of quote now what does the Bible say concerning um, Jezebel we read in Revelation chapter 2 that one thing she did was in her dress she seduced people to commit fornication and this is an influence that many women have today they know they have that power to sway men they know they have the power to ennoble also, depending on how you dress. And that is one influence that women should be aware of. Jezebel was aware of the influence of seduction and dress, and she took advantage of it, like the Bible says, that she taught people to seduce and to commit fornication. Women are not supposed to do this. Welfare Ministry, page 153 to 154, says God will be pleased to see our sisters clad in neat, simple apparel and earnestly engaged in the work of the Lord. They are not deficient in ability and if they would put to a right use the talents they already have, their efficiency would be greatly increased. If the time they now spend in needless work were devoted to searching the word of God and explaining it to others, their own minds would be enriched with gems of truth and they would be strengthened and ennobled by the effort made to understand the reasons of our faith. Where our sisters, conscientious Bible Christians, seeking to improve every opportunity to enlighten others, we should see scores of souls embracing the truth through the self-sacrificing endeavors alone. Sisters, in the day when the accounts of all are balanced, will you feel a pleasure in reviewing your life? Or will you feel that the beauty of the outward man was sought while the inward beauty of the soul was almost entirely neglected? My sisters, if you would bring your manner of dressing into conformity with the rules given in the Bible, you would have an abundance with which to help your poorer sisters. You would have not only means but time. Often this is most needed. There are many whom you might help with your suggestions, your tact and skill. Show them how to dress simply and yet tastefully. Many a woman remains away from the house of God because her shabby, ill-fitting garments are in such striking contrast to the dress of others. Many a sensitive spirit cherishes a sense of bitter humiliation and injustice because of this contrast. And because of it, many are led to doubt the reality of religion and to harden their hearts against the gospel. End of quote. So, women... We should have influence in our dress that is positive and not that is seductive. We all know what it means to dress seductively, showing body parts. Another thing women should do, like we have been reading, is to be a help to their husbands, not to be one who will draw them back. Reading from Gospel Workers of 1892, page 215. It says, When the truth, the solemn important truth, gets hold of them, self will die. Then the language will not be i will not go there i will not stay here but the earnest inquiry will be where okay reading from gospel workers 1892 page 209 it says page 209 i was shown that satan is ever at work to dishearten and lead astray ministers whom god has chosen to preach the truth The most effectual way in which he can work is through home influences, through unconsecrated companions. If he can control the mind of the wife, he can through her the more readily gain access to the husband, who is laboring in word and doctrine to save souls. Many have disregarded the sacred obligation resting upon them to improve the light and privileges given and work as the children of light. The minister's wife who is not devoted to God is no help to her husband. While he dwells upon the necessity of bearing the cross and urges the importance of self-denial, the daily example of his wife often contradicts his preaching and destroys its force. In this way, she becomes a great hindrance and often leads her husband away from his duty and from God. She does not realize what a sin she is committing. Instead of seeking to be useful, seeking with true love for souls to help such as need help, she shrinks from the task and prefers a useless life. She is not constrained by the power of Christ's love and by unselfish holy principles. She does not choose to do the will of God, to be a co-worker with her husband, with angels and with God. When the wife of the minister accompanies her husband in his mission to save souls, it is a great scene for her to hinder him in his work by manifesting unhappy discontent. Yet, instead of entering heartily into his labors, seeking every opportunity to unite her interest and labor with his, she often studies how she can make it more easy or pleasant for herself. If things around them are not as agreeable as she would wish, as they will not always be, she should not indulge homesick feelings, or by lack of cheerfulness and by spoken complaints harass the husband and make his task harder, and perhaps, by her discontent, draw him from the place where he could do good. She should not divert the interest of her husband from laboring for the salvation of souls to sympathize with her ailments and gratify her whimsical, discontented feelings. If she would forget herself and labor to help others talk and pray with poor souls and act as if their salvation was of higher importance than any other consideration, she would have no time to be homesick. She would feel from day to day a sweet satisfaction as a reward for her unselfish labor. I cannot call it sacrifice for some of our minister's wives do not know what it is to sacrifice or suffer for the truth's sake. I was shown the life of Christ. When his self-denial and sacrifice is compared with the trials and sufferings of the wives of some of our ministers, it causes anything which they may call sacrifice to sink into insignificance. If the minister's wife speaks words of discontent and discouragement, the influence upon the husband is disheartening and tends to cripple him in his labor, especially if his success depends upon surrounding influences. Must the minister of God in such cases be crippled or torn from his field of labor to gratify the feelings of his wife, which arise from an unwillingness to yield inclination to duty? The wife should conform her wishes and pleasures to duty and give up her selfish feelings for the sake of Christ and the truth. Satan has had much to do with controlling the labors of ministers through the influence of selfish, ease-loving companions. If a minister's wife accompanies her husband in his travels, she should not go for her own special enjoyment to visit and to be waited upon, but to labor with him. She should have a united interest with him to do good. She should be willing to accompany her husband if home cares do not hinder and should aid him in his efforts to save souls with meekness and humility, yet with a noble self-reliance, she should have a leading influence upon minds around her and should act her part and bear her cross and burden in meeting and around the family altar and in conversation at the fireside. The people expect this and they have a right to expect it. If these expectations are not realized, the husband's influence is more than half destroyed. The wife of a minister can do much if she will. If she possesses the spirit of self-sacrifice and has a love for souls, she can with him do almost an equal amount of good. A sister laborer in the course of truth can understand and reach some cases, especially among the sisters, that the minister cannot. A responsibility rests upon the minister's wife, which she should not and cannot lightly throw off. God will require the talent lent her with usury. She should work earnestly, faithfully and unitedly with her husband to save souls. She should never urge her wishes and desires or express a lack of interest in her husband's labor or dwell upon homesick, discontented feelings. All these unnatural feelings must be overcome. She should have a purpose in life which should be unflatteringly carried out. What if this conflicts with, her, with, with the feelings and pleasures and natural tastes? These should be cheerfully and readily sacrificed in order to do good and save souls. Going to page 215, paragraph 1, it says, When the truth, the solemn important truth, gets hold of them, self will die. Then the language will not be, I will not go there, I will not stay here. But the earnest inquiry will be, where does God want me to be? Where can I best glorify him, and where can our united labors do the most good? Their will should be swallowed up in the will of God. The usefulness and lack of consecration that some of the ministers' wives manifest will stand in the way of sinners. The blood of souls will be upon their garments. Some of the ministers have borne a strong testimony in regard to the duty and the wrongs of the church, but it has not had its designed effect. For their own companions needed all the straight testimony that had been get, been born, and the reproof came back upon themselves with great weight. They let their companions affect them and drag them down, prejudicing their minds, and their usefulness and influence are lost. They feel desponding and disheartened and realize not the true source of the injury. It is It is close at home. These sisters are closely connected with the work of God. If he has called their husband to preach the present truth, these servants, if truly called of God, will feel the importance of the truth. They are standing between the living and the dead and must watch for souls as they that must give an account. Solemn is their calling and their companions can be a great blessing or a great curse to them. They can cheer them when desponding. Comfort them when cast down and encourage them to look up and trust fully in God when their faith fails. Or they can take an opposite course, look upon the dark side, think they have had a hard time, exercise no faith in God, talk their trials and unbelief to their companions, indulge a complaining, murmuring spirit, and be a dead weight and even a curse to them. End of quote. The point is gotten very clearly here that men who are ministers lose their influence because of their wives. So that the straight testimony they want to preach, they cannot even preach it again. Sometimes some men change their views because of their wives. They realize oh, they used to preach something that was straight before, but then, because of their companions who are practicing something that is contrary to what they have preached in the past, they stop preaching it completely and eventually they even change their views about that matter because of their wives and those who even want to preach it who do not change their views they lose their influence because the people point at the minister and say look at what he's preaching but look at what his wife is practicing she's doing something completely different look at her dress look at how she walks look at what she does she's not in harmony with that which is preaching and it makes the man's preaching to be obnoxious in the ears of the listeners this is what the influence of a woman can do or she can amplify the minister's influence by living in harmony with what the present truth is that, his, that the husband preaches and not only living in harmony with it but working hand in hand with her husband and almost equally like him and like we read now, she can do a work that the man cannot do having an influence over other sisters that the man cannot have this is the work of the minister's wife and remember that when i say minister here it is not necessarily referring to pastors alone but chiefly pastors but even also the members of god's family the church jezebel had a blighting influence in israel she influenced them to seduce to eat things sacrifice to idols what are you mother what are you wife and sister what are you doing are you like jezebel do you know how you can be like jezebel When people come to your home and what they can see you watching is Telemundo, soap operas, and you are watching entertainment, you are influencing the people to eat things sacrificed to idols. You are just like Jezebel. When you go to the church and what you do as a woman or even a man is to teach the children how to act drama in church, you are giving them the food that is sacrificed to idols. When you dress in such a way that is all the fashion of the world that you are portraying when you use that makeup and cosmetics and you go into the church with the high heeled shoes those shoes that are so discomforting that you have to put them in your bag that you cannot walk with them on the road and when you go to church that's when you wear them what influence are you having it is still the same thing influencing the people to eat things sacrificed to idols but the lord is having a call upon us today especially the women whether you are mothers or wives or just mere sisters, that we should be careful and consider what influence we are having upon our husbands and children and the church of God at large and the world in general. What influence are you having with the things you do and the things you see? You can't have a good influence if by your dress your deportment your speech and your actions you are completely in harmony with the word of god and this is the call to us today chiefly the women and to the rest of us who are listening that we amplify the ministry of our brothers or husbands if you have one or children if you are mothers increase and make the work of god to move forward by laying your hand on the plow and doing the work that the Lord has called us to do. And not scattering, but gathering. May the Lord help us as we do that. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, I pray Lord for our sisters, our mothers, and the wives today, that they may not have the influence of Jezebel on the children, on their husbands, and on the world in general. And I also pray Lord for everyone, both men, children, women, that you would help us not to have a blighting influence in whatever position we find ourselves. We know that in time past, we might have had blighting influences in the way we have done our things, whether in dress or in the things we introduced people to in the entertainment and in our conversations. Please Lord, forgive us for these things and help us to repent and do that which is right in your sight, that we may be a worker and a laborer together with the Lord, being a good influence to people around us, in Jesus' name of Creed.